podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Naisha Gadani coming to you from sunny Melbourne. And today is 170th episode of Career Care Package, our daily LinkedIn live show to spread hope and optimism in these dark times. And on today's show, we are talking about career acceleration or skyrocketing your career. And, and to talk us about this, we have a special guest coming all the way from Chicago in US and his name is Raj Subramayar and Raj has recently penned a book from his lived experience of you know having a successful IT career he thought it is an it is now an opportune time to really put his ideas in a book and his book is called skyrocket your career and we will be putting the link in the chat box as well for you to go and buy that book and give Raj a thumbs up. Uh, but yes, today's session is all about career acceleration. If you think that your career is stalled and you think that, oh God, I'm not getting anywhere and what to do with COVID and whether my career will anyway lift off, all those questions, please throw it in the LinkedIn live chat and we will take, that, take those questions with Raj. Now, just a quick one. Uh, I know you guys will be missing Caroline Brown. Well, she's still taking advantage of the eased restriction of Melbourne. So she'll be back tomorrow on the screen again. So don't feel disappointed. Um, and as usual, if you think that this particular episode would be beneficial to your network, please tag them in the uh, the LinkedIn live chat so that they will also learn from it. So let's welcome Raj. Raj, welcome to the Career Care Packet Show. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I. I heard you saying sunny Melbourne. Uh, I'm in sunny Chicago. I'm kidding. It's like midnight over here. <laughs> but that's right. And, and absolutely. And, and you know, good on you for for staying. Uh, you know, late night for us because I I think that um, you know since a lot of our you know listeners have kind of three p.m. is the career care package time. Right. You know, so we wanted to keep that tradition on. So thank you again for making that possible. Oh, of Raj. course. It's my pleasure yeah. because uh, I love talking about this topic as we both were chatting about it for quite a bit. So yeah, it just I'm just be I'm grateful for being here. So excellent. So Raj, let's kick this off. Give us an idea of your um, you know, of the work that you do and how did you come about writing this book? Give us some background of that. Yeah, so uh, before I get into what I do, I just want to set some context, right? So I grew up in the southern part of India uh, from a place called Chennai. And for those watching this uh, live uh, show, Chennai is one of the five major cities in uh, India where uh, it uh, adds the economy. And um, I'm the younger of the two kids. And since a young age, 
I uh, had this inferiority complex that uh, I wasn't good enough because my dad, his entire life, he studied in scholarship. And then you had my brother, who is a super genius. He has like a three masters and a PhD. And then there I was, the average Raj, who didn't do well in academics. So throughout my life, I kind of uh, try to emulate other overachievers around me. And every time I try to do that, I ended up in disappointment because uh, I could never live up to other people's expectations. So how these things develop uh, anxiety, stress, uh, depression, fear of rejection uh, inside me even throughout my childhood. In fact, funny thing is uh, I still remember uh, when I was in my eighth grade, I had this crush on a girl and it took me three weeks just to say hi to her because I used to sweat, I used to stutter. So that type of fear I was talking about in terms of fear of rejection, right? So all these things kind of carried along with me throughout my childhood. And then during my second year of my undergrad, I had a trigger event where I had a real like realization that all this, this time I was actually trying not to disappoint other people, but by in that process, I was disappointing myself because I kept doing what other people thought was good for me, but I never did anything which I wanted to do, right? I was letting other people's opinion be my reality. So that's when I decided that, you know what? I matter, I'm good enough. I'm going to carve my own identity and I'm going to strive for greatness. And that's when I declared power over my life. Fast forwarding, from my second year of my undergrad to 2020, 15 years down the line, I have helped numerous people who went through similar journeys as me to reclaim their personal and careers uh, through mindset and belief system, through sharing my experiences and what strategies I followed to transform my life from a shy introverted kid earning a minimum salary into an international keynote speaker author and tech career coach running a six-figure business. So basically what I do for a living is right now, I help people specifically in the tech industry because I've been in tech for over 15 years now. I help them find their dream job and become successful leaders in the industry. And on the side, I speak at various company events, private events, and finally write for various publications because I love sharing my ideas and thoughts on leadership, productivity, career advancement, so on and so forth. So that's kind of a whole high level overview of where I was, what I did, and now where I am. So you started that's phenomenal because you know I, I think you've been very uh, you know open about open about uh, you know discussing the um, the kind of imposter syndrome is another word that a lot of people use right, right now that uh, there's somebody sitting here in the head you know continuously telling you what to do um, you know and, and the moment we recognize that there's somebody else telling us what to do that's probably the moment that we start to you know shift our gears but it takes a deliberate practice and skill uh, so that you can shut the voice up for the most of the time because the voice continuously talks. Um, so it's it's phenomenal that you you know you could see the transformation from where you were in undergrad. So which year did you go to US and tell us about the initial journey because you know living in India when you travel to you know foreign lands there's always a a time of learning. There's always a time of 
you know, you know, self-awareness, and there is always a time of inward journey wherever I've made the right choice or not. Whether this right. is going to be a you know great um, career for me or not. Tell us about those initial you know challenges that you had in US. Yeah, great question because a lot of people go through similar kind of experiences, especially being immigrants like you and me, right? So I came to the United States in two thousand and eight. Uh, I still remember this vividly because uh, I came in on August 31st, 2008. And then a week after I came in on September 7, 2008, Lehman Brothers, the biggest financial firm in the world at that point of time, became bankrupt overnight. And that kind of triggered the whole recession, right? So I came during that time. And as an immigrant, it was so hard to get jobs because no one was ready to sponsor me because in the United States, you need something called the H-1B visa for your work permits. And no one was ready to sponsor because they themselves didn't have money, right? So I was just, I was left with two choices, basically. The first option was go back with half of my uh, class who were international students in my master's program because I came to the United States to pursue my master's in software engineering. Or I had the second choice, which is do whatever it takes, whatever it takes, stick around and see what comes out of it. So luckily, I chose the second option. And from beginning of 2009 till end of 2009, I applied for 1,293 jobs, one, two, nine, three jobs. And guess how many callbacks I got from it? Three, four. You had a great guess. So I got four callbacks from wow. it and I converted one job out of those four callbacks. And that one job was not a full-time job, but was an internship, right? And since then, I worked my ass off to actually prove to people that as immigrants, we can give value. We could uh, give value to the team, help in the growth of the team and growth of the company as well. And uh, from 2009, 2010 onwards till this day, I've learned so many different strategies through a lot of success and failures about what makes people tick in their careers, what makes them stand out from the crowd, what makes them uh, identify their dream career. So I pretty much got all these ideas and started helping people. and. It also kind of now connects with your second part of the question, which you had asked earlier, which was how you came up with the idea for the book. Because currently, if you see, people are anxious about their job security. Oh. Yep. They feel stuck in their career. And a lot of people have already lost their jobs and they're looking for new jobs. And finally, there are people who want to make a change in their career, but they're afraid to do so because of the fear of the unknowns. And I was in the exact situation as I was describing in 2008. And since then, I had to learn so many different strategies which transform my life from where I was to where I am today. And you know what the funny part is? I am an average guy. If I could do it, so can anyone else. And also, there were a lot of people on LinkedIn pinging me and I was doing free yeah. coaching sessions with people just to help them with their jobs, right? That's when I started realizing that, huh, I see that a lot of people need help right now. 
And originally, I was going to write a book, but it was going to be about my life as an immigrant in a foreign land. But then yeah. this thing happened, COVID happened. I, I had to shift my mindset and, and I said, you know what? I'm going to share all my secrets and strategies, which I use for my clients who are VP, CEOs, and TTOs of companies. I'm going to put that in a book so that I can impact people on a larger scale. So that was kind of the seed for why I wrote the book. And then later on, we can also talk about how I wrote it, but that's kind of an overall context of um, how I came to the United States, what I went through initially. Of course, I have more stories which we can talk about, but, and I, and that's how I came up with that seed. Uh, the seed was planted to actually write the book as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's phenomenal because I came to Australia in 2007 and the first job that I lost was in 2008 when the global financial crisis hit the market. And I would imagine, you know, U.S. was probably the worst hit um, in terms of the job losses, in terms of the economic activity. And I'm pretty sure that the migrants do go back in the line again because right. the, you know, other people with with stronger experience, stronger American experience or stronger Australian experience will come in the queue first. And the people with less experience, less exposure to the market will go back in the queue. And that's that's pretty, you know, it, it can dent people's confidence, you know, you know, Raj. But it, it's good that you've continued to to march on and, and it's good that you are now putting everything that you've learned because you know, I, I think it's this practical strategies and it's practical thinking really helps people to move forward because sometimes it sticks, a particular strategy stick with someone and sometimes, uh, you know, it won't stick with, you know, other community. So let's let's talk about the, the, the common things that people struggle with when it comes to career growth. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what you have found, you know, working with many, many people. What are some of the the kind of you know you know mindset challenges that they struggle with and how people can really overcome those things yeah great question so based on my experience and also coaching other people for now over 3 years um there are three things which kind of kind of stand out in terms of challenges people face not only in the tech industry but in general in their career growth so the first thing is soft skills a lot of people underestimate the power of communication. It's it, till about five years ago, or say six years ago, yeah, you were expected to get a degree, focus on one thing, and then be a master on one particular thing, right? But now, in this day and age, especially with COVID, you have to communicate with so many different people from so many different regions. So the soft skill is really, really important. In fact, a, a study conducted a couple of years ago by the Harvard Business School found that uh, about 70 to 80% of your uh, recruiting decisions, giving the final offer, is based on the communication skills you showed in the interview, which is crazy. So communication is one big piece, which I was really bad at before, uh, but, I've learned a lot over the past 15 years is one big thing which has been a challenge. And the way to get over it is to push yourself out of the comfort zone by saying yes to different opportunities, which makes you uncomfortable, which is really a good way to do it. 
Another thing is if you know that you have to improve on communication, you can take courses, you can ask feedback from people, which I used to do because as an immigrant, I had to go through a lot of funny story and serious stories. One funny example quickly would be, uh, I was in this huge meeting um, in my first job in the United States, I was just in huge meeting and my project manager said at the end of the meeting, uh, because I was going to do a really critical task. She said, may the force be with you. And then I said, okay, thank you. Cool. And the, you know what? The next thing I did, I went and Googled what may the force be with you means. Then I found out it was freaking Star Wars reference, right? <laughs> uh, that's why a lot of people do not realize as immigrants, we have to go through a lot of stuff. And one of which is the idioms and phrases and the pop culture references. So that is a very, very simple example of communication skills, which you have to develop. And you're going to do that only via uh, experiences, by asking people for feedback and by taking courses. The second thing is personal branding. So this is the thing. I'm going to give you a really simple example. Say you have your favorite body wash and you've been using it for seven years, right? Now, why do you buy that body wash? It's not just because of one factor. It's not just because of the price. You buy it because of the fragrance, because of the packaging, because of the color, because of the size, because of the durability, because when you drop it, it doesn't, you know, all explode. And, and so many different facets make up that brand of body wash, which makes you keep buying it for over seven years. And our careers are exact same thing. It's not just because you got a master's in software engineering. It's not just because you're a great communicator. It's not just because you're a great leader. It's not because you volunteer. It's not just because you go to conferences. It's all these facets which builds you, your personal brand. And right now, especially in this day and age right now, when there are millions of jobs lost, there are about thousand, thousands of people applying for one single job. So what is going to make you stand out from other people? That's where your personal brand comes into picture, right? That is the second challenge which people face because they don't have that personal brand. And some ways to build that personal brand is first is you have to start growing your network, right? I know we're going to talk probably more about it, but you need to grow your network. And how are you going to do it? Start attending meetups, start attending conferences, and then use advantage of LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the most underestimated and the most influential and useful tool for professionals like us. There are so many people already there. Connect with them, then message them, interact with them, and build your network. In fact, a simple example is my last four jobs, which I got in the past 10 years, was through my LinkedIn, right? I haven't, it's been about nine years since I actually applied for a job using a single resume. That is the power of growing your network, right? And then continuously you have to start learning. So what I mean by that, there's so many free courses and there's so many courses available on Coursera, Udemy, Khan Academy, mm -hmm. LinkedIn, right? And when you take these extra courses and add these extra certifications on your LinkedIn profile, when you go to a job, you are going to stand out from the other person who hasn't had these skill set, who hasn't given who hasn't been proactive to take these skills, right? So there's so many other ways to build your personal brand as well, which I talk more about the book, but that is something to think about. And finally, one important thing which I want to talk about, which is 
a challenge for people is diversity and inclusion. That's a huge challenge. So what do they mean by that? So currently just in the United States alone, if you see the US Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is the huge uh, organization here, they did a study and found that 70% of the workforce in the US are white people and 14% are Asians oh. and 8% okay. are Hispanics and 8% are uh, African-American people. And that wow. is where we are at right now. Oh. So when you talk about challenges, that is a huge challenge because not a lot of people are recruiting with diversity in mind. And more crazy statistics is uh, related to women in tech and women empowerment. Yep. In the United States, the amount of people, amount of women in tech has been 25%, which has been the okay. same number since the 1960s. Wow. That's where we are at right now. So when women have to apply for a job compared to a man, they have to put extra effort, extra effort yeah. to prove themselves, right? So that is a huge challenge. That's why we need to have a lot of DNI. When I say DNI, diversity and inclusion, yeah, forms and programs to promote diverse work environments, especially right now when we are working with people across the globe. It is really, really important to have some sort of program, right? And one simple thing you could do right now is for for promoting diversity and inclusion is have um, uh, minority groups in mind when recruiting and don't treat them as numbers. Because if you see currently yeah. a lot of big companies, which I don't want to name right now, they have this quota with yeah, statistics, 10, yeah. Yeah, 10% we have to fill. So what they do is they treat people as numbers, minority group people as numbers just to fill up the quota. And then when they fill up the 10% quota, they said, yeah, we are a diverse and inclusive work environment. Come apply for jobs, right? But stop thinking. You have to shift the mindset from treating people like people and not treating minority people as numbers, right? That is a simple first thing you can do. But of course, there's other reforms we can talk about. But those are the three challenges, which is the communication and then personal branding and diversity and inclusion in tech, which are challenges. And I also uh, talked about some ways we can overcome them. Yeah, no, I agree. I think diversity and inclusion is also quite a big topic even in Australia too. There's a lot of, lot of research done around the the senior leaders of organizations and how much diverse is your board to how much diverse uh, you know people you know represents your community that your you know senior management team and everything and i work with center for multicultural right. youth you know which which we champion the rights of uh, you know young people from migrant and refugee background so i can very well relate to uh, in relate to the challenges that uh, someone who is a person of color faces when it comes to career and their their place in the in the corporate world and, in fact, and everything. In fact, researchers found that uh, companies get more creative ideas when their team is actually diverse. And it's not me saying it. There's actual research. Literally, if you Google research on diverse 
teams and their productivity, you're going to find like at least 10 to 15 research yeah. which has been done. So, so you are actually making your environment better, even for the company, even for the money aspect, right? So those are some things you have to keep in mind Absolutely. because the common misconception people have, at least in the United States, because I can speak for uh, people here, is they feel that immigrants uh, take value but do not give value. Yeah, yeah. And that is so far yeah. from the truth because Absolutely. this is the reason. We love, we all love Google. The whole world loves Google, right? Who who do you think co-founded Google, right? Sergey Brin, who is an immigrant. Now, everyone uses Zoom and life yeah. runs on Zoom. Who do you think founded Zoom? It's Eric Yuan, who is an immigrant. In fact, yeah. study has found that out of the 87 companies which are valued over $1 billion, 47 mm. of them have founded been started by immigrants. And on yeah. an average, they employ 760 people, wow. each of these $47 billion companies, right? I can keep going wow. on and on, just but yeah, the point is, immigrants give value. And we have to get value as well because they're trying to make a living, but they definitely give value. And that's yeah. why I, I'm part of a lot of DNI. Uh, reforms and uh, discussion groups because I've gone through a lot of stereotyping. I've gone through a lot of racial discrimination and stuff as well. I want to make sure yeah. that other people do not have to go through the same experience as me, right? But Absolutely. yeah, it is definitely a big challenge and something yeah. we have Absolutely. to constantly, as leaders, as individual contributors, we have to keep working on them. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let's go back to the what really contributes to the to someone's success because obviously there are a number of factors. You know, it's like uh, networking, but there's also a factor called serendipity that you were there when the opportunity arises, right? Right. Uh, then your presence, your visibility in the to the decision makers, to simply that you you knew somebody, you know, and then someone said, you know what, I'll give Raj this step up opportunity you know you know do that or is it is it much more than is it desire to success what you know what in your view and what you know your discussion with your uh, with your clients and what are some of the things that you found that really contributes to that success another great question and um you kind of hit upon a lot of different uh, aspects i think all these aspects are important for your career success and career acceleration, but it doesn't start with this, which I'm gonna mention, because every transformation starts with a mindset shift and a belief system. So what do I mean by that? This is what I tell people. If you feel you're worth $50,000, then the way you act, the way you show up, the way you do things is gonna reflect a person who earns $50,000. But if you feel, that you're worth $200,000, then the way you show up, the way you act, the way you think, the way you show up is going to reflect a person who's earning $200,000 because everything starts with your mindset and belief system. You can get all the interviews you want. You can get all the money you want. But if you're not willing to change, if you're not willing to be open to opportunities, then no one in this whole world can help you. There's this Famous saying, right? You can you can take a horse to a pond, but you cannot make it drink. Our mindset and belief system is exactly like that. And 
that's why when I coach people uh, and then when I teach people in my workshops, we start with mindset and belief system and I walk them through an exercise called the mind dump exercise. And this is a really simple exercise. Uh, I'll just uh, talk about it for a minute. This is the thing. Say you're using Google Maps and if you don't put the destination address, then you can never expect to reach that particular destination. And then you, you cannot say Google Maps is not working properly. And our careers are the exact same thing. If you don't know where yeah. you're going, what your career should be, what are your interests, mm. then you cannot complain that nothing is working out for you, mm. right? So that's why literally you could do this right now, people are listening, take a paper and a pen, put a line in the middle of the paper, on the left side, write down all the things you love to do. On the right side, write down all the things you hate to do. Mm. And do this in an uninterrupted manner. No Facebooking, no text messaging. Just take 30 minutes to an hour, lock yourself in a room and do this. And what the simple exercise is going to uncover is a lot of things about you. Because this mm. is the thing. All the things you want to do, everything is locked up in your mind. But once you start writing it down and making it visible, then you can start seeing patterns, right? So for example, say you love creativity, you like programming, uh, you, you don't like being micromanaged, you don't like processes, you don't like managing, you like to be working siloed environments, then maybe being a software developer at a startup company is something which is gonna be interest of you, interest for you. So that person, if he applies for being a manager, then it doesn't make sense. Right. And all these things you can uncover just with that exercise. Right. So it's with mindset and belief system. And then it follows with different things we just mentioned where you have to grow your network. You need to have a LinkedIn profile. So people are listening. If you don't have a LinkedIn profile, literally make a note. And after this interview, go create a LinkedIn profile because without a LinkedIn profile, you're non-existent because everything you put in LinkedIn profile is SEO and is Google search. So that's why it's really, really important. When recruiters use software to find candidates, they go through a LinkedIn profile for these keywords like team player, uh, scrum, programming, sales, or all these keywords it looks for in your profile. So definitely go and do it. But LinkedIn is another way you need to do. Then we already talked about growing your network, then continuous learning, and then investing in yourself. It's really, really important. Yes. Because have the people who want to do great things do not succeed because they don't invest in, in themselves, right? So let me give you just one simple example. So one of my biggest fears in life was fear of public speaking. Mm. And uh, just, I was a nervous wreck talking in meetings and uh, I, I couldn't handle a conversation. And then in 2011, I saw this email randomly, which I got. It was an email for a conference, a software conference. Mm. Then I started looking at it deeply for three, four minutes because I had this epiphany that throughout my childhood, for the first 30 years, I was always complaining that, man, I'm not able to speak. I'm not able to speak. Mm. Mm. Now, it was like something from heaven, an email came, and it's giving me signs saying, Raj, this is your opportunity. So I decided to spend $3,000 mm. US dollars of my own money to go to a conference. Again, just to give you some context, no one 
who works in software puts in their own money to go to a conference. Either you go there as a speaker, in which case the registration fee is made with just the bulk of the money, or you make your company sponsor. But I put in $3,000 of my own money because my company wasn't ready to sponsor me. Plus, of course, I was not a speaker, right? But that one decision I made to invest in myself in 2000 level led to a drastic transformation because I went to the conference. I saw a lot of speakers giving good talks and bad talks. And then I decided, you know what? What if I become a speaker? Because I've always had this fear of public speaking. So I networked with people, took a lot of notes. And then in 2012, I started speaking in small, small meetup groups. Then in 2013, after seven months and 23 trial runs, I gave my first conference talk and it was a huge hit. Then people started talking about that. There's this Indian dude who's funny and he has a lot of valuable content. But anyways, yeah. fast forwarding 2020, I'm an international keynote speaker speaking in front of thousands of people. That is an example of what happens when you decide to invest in yourself. So make sure right now, use this time to invest in yourself, take courses. I'm not saying that you have to spend $3,000, but you have to invest in yourself and it could be whatever you think is investing in yourself, right? You have to figure it out by doing the mind dump exercise. But those are some of the things we can do right now for career acceleration. The mindset and belief system, mind dump exercise, growing your network, advanced LinkedIn strategies, and investing in yourself. It's such a big thing, you know, you know that you've done, you know, investing your own money to, to take the chance. Uh, you know, you know, on yourself to go and, and do that. And then, because learning is, you know, itself, some people will find it, you know, pretty difficult after a certain age because learning involves confrontation to what you don't know. And sometimes it's not easy for, for a lot of us to grasp that because right. learning helps us to also learn things, but it also, you know, expands, it also makes us aware that how much things we do not know and what right. we know was also probably not accurate as well because i'm studying right now I'm, the more that i study i find out oh god i should not be saying that you know because that's not accurate this is probably more accurate way of saying that you know and that that itself you know raj could be could be very confrontational so did you you know during that learning process that you did you have any any sort of you know cheerleaders who are, who are really barracking for you say raj you know go ahead and smash that and you'll be able to do it. tell us about tell us about you know did you create any kind of a support system around you that really kind of you know pushed you toward those goals yeah so um i did have a few trusted people who i believed could help me and the way you find those trusted people is through trial and error because sometimes when you actually connect with someone, you know, you just know uh -huh. because they've probably gone through a similar kind of journey as you. And then they've gone through a lot of adversities in life. And not, right now they're successful because they learned a lot of stuff. So the way you can find these trusted people is again through your network and by interaction. But yeah, for me to start this transformation, there were this, these few three to four people that I identified throughout my life who actually helped me take the next path because they believed in me, they trusted me, right? It started with my first manager who recruited me, who decided to give me a full-time job in the US. She saw that I had a lot of ideas 
And then I was such a hard worker. I, I said yes to every opportunity came my way. I was willing to do all the shitty things no one wanted to do. I was willing to take take up that those kind of jobs and then prove to people that I can do things really well. She was one of my mentors until even now I uh, consult with her. And then throughout my uh, journey as a software developer, then a lead, then a manager, uh, then uh, being in the leadership position, I've picked these uh, trusted people. So I have this whole tr people, my circle, trusted circle. And what I do is on a monthly basis, I have calls with them where I bring some different things. And then I tell them about different ideas, which I have. And then I consult with them saying, what do you think about this? Right. And also I hired coaches to help me out as well, because these are the things with coaches. They have gone through a similar kind of journey as you. They can literally give you the golden nuggets to start the transformation. You don't have to, for example, apply for 1,200 freaking 93 jobs to get a job because I can tell you exactly what you can do right now so that you can get a job within, say, 20 or 25 jobs application, right? So, like, and people like you who have gone through experiences as well. So I hired coaches. In fact, even now, I have a business coach. I have a writing coach, which I also talked about. I have a speaking coach because I'm doing a TED speaking program because one of my goals is to give a TED talk and I'm in a TED speaking program. And this is the thing, every person who you think is successful, they always have coaches or mentors behind them. Oprah, Steve Jobs, Tim Cook, name anyone. They always have someone behind them supporting them. It could be your coaches, it could be your mentors, it could be your trusted people, right? So those are the things I had, the coaches and those trusted people who were, who were able to elevate me to this level. And of course, again, remember the saying, you can take a horse to a pond, but not make it drink. I showed initiative. I was willing to invest in myself, right? Because the coaches, my business coach, yeah, of course, she's expensive, but I could trust her and uh, my ROI is like five times right now because of her experience, right? So that's why I was saying, don't be scared to invest in yourself because that's how you grow. And as I'm giving this interview, I myself am taking courses, speaking course right now. And then I'm doing a large publication course so that I can pitch to Forbes and Inc. Everyone keeps taking courses. And I think even you mentioned that you're taking some courses right now before a podcast or our live interview. So. Yeah, the whole transformation happened because of coaches and mentors for me. Yeah, but at, at the same time, it is equally important that you are taking that initiative. Exactly. You know, obviously, coaches and mentors are are there, uh, you know, but it it also relies on you. I think there is there is there has to be a, a genuine desire to to make something or put a dent in the world. We got a question from Caroline. Uh, she says, loving the discussion, how did you go about asking people to be a mentor? That's a very interesting one because, you know, it's easy to have that dialogue uh, that look, um, you know, will you help me out? But but mentor, when we drop the word mentor, you know, it just suddenly start to shift the conversation. Tell us about how do you go about asking people to be a mentor? Again, another great question. And uh, this is the way you do it. And here are some strategies to find a really good mentor. You don't go, just go, go straight to a person and say, hey, 
I want, can you be my mentor? Because one thing is it could sound really creepy. <laughs> Second thing is they have no context of who you are. So what do you have to do is first do your initial research, follow this particular person through their blogs, through their articles, through their conference, through their videos, follow them, learn the content which they're, which they're sharing, which you find is inspiring. And then what are you going to do is once you've done your homework and build a whole pro built a whole profile about the person, start uh, sharing their tweets, start commenting on them, and then participate in their conversations. And not just saying hi, bye kind of conversation, saying, for example, if a person says, here are three tips to for career advancement, then you could share how that one tip, one of the tips, actually made a difference in your life, right? I'm talking about that type of conversation and that type of contribution. And then they start recognizing you saying, huh, I see this person always keeps talking about stuff, sharing my content and really good, right? It's now the seed has been planted. Then you pull the trigger where you're gonna email that person, direct message to the person saying, hey, I've been following you for the past four months. I love these three talks which you gave in the past four months because of these reasons. And uh, I was wondering if you have even 15 minutes of your time because I know you're super busy, whether you could give me some ideas and we could talk about it. More often than not, if you had done this much research, if you pinpoint exactly what someone said made and how it made an impact in your life, they will definitely help you out. In fact, the foreword for my book was by a person named Tayo Roxon. He's really famous in the diversity and inclusion space. He has a best-selling book. He has like, what, 40,000 followers on Instagram. He's an influencer. And he doesn't uh, talk to everyone because he had millions of people asking him, hey, do this, do that. But then I connected with that with Tayo because he was an immigrant. He went through a similar kind of journey as me, and that's what he talks about. So I went through his TED Talks, TEDx Talks, all these things, and then I pulled the trigger after research. When I said pull the trigger, I know it sounds violent, but just taking action. <laughs> I have to be careful on what I say these things, especially being in the United States. It's a shit show over here, but that's a, for a different talk. But the point here is that's how you find mentors, right? When you do the put in the effort, research and then approach a person who you feel you can connect to then they'll be your mentor and then they'll be more than glad to help you out no matter how big that person is in terms of reputation fame or money and that's how i have a lot of really influential people in a different space who are helping me out just because i'm genuinely interested in what they say and uh, i help them out and they help me out and we're growing uh as a person together so that's such a great advice because uh, you know that that the word that you use genuine interest has to be at the center of this you know if you if you went out there just for uh you know tired to write your forward that's not going to work yeah i right? say hang on i can sense that straight away even before you started to talk to me and i think that people sense the unsaid far more than what is being said even though you've not met them it's very clear on that. So I think that is, is incredibly important. of our interview, if you can share with us, you know, particularly around this COVID-19 situation right now, how 
do you want the professionals to really handle that for their career? Because one is that people are, you know, in a way, these times people also risk averse to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to change career. I know that changing my career or changing a job would give me the long term advantage, but I don't want to lose the, uh, you know, lose uh, my, you know, position right now. So there's just so many conflicting messages also coming out and you know we're not really able to think through clearly tell us about your personal observations around this time and what people should be doing at this time yeah so okay first things first in life there's no security at all there's only opportunity so what do i mean by that you can be working at a company for 15 years give your life and soul to a company or you can be working at a company for two months but when it comes to laying off people, they don't care in the sense for them, company is important because someone would have put in a lot of effort to start a company. But when it comes to layoff, they don't care about your family. They don't care what you're going through. And I'm telling you the raw, frank truth. And I've been in industry for now over 15 years. I've been through layoff situations and I had to lay off people and it's, it's not pleasant. So, First, you have to keep that in mind because when people say, wow, you're running your business, you're an entrepreneur, there's so many risks in life. Then I would say, okay, risks are everywhere, even in your full-time stable job. Because if one thing COVID has taught us is there is no stability. You can always lose your jobs. People thought Microsoft is super uh, safe. Microsoft uh, laid off thousands of people. Salesforce, they thought was, uh, they have so much money and Salesforce laid off so many people. So that is the truth of life. So first start with that realization that there's no stability in your career. There's only opportunity. The second thing you want to do during COVID right now is to stand out from the crowd. Because as I was saying, there are a lot of people applying for the same job. Or there are a lot of people trying to get promoted to the next level during this time. What is going to sit to you? apart from the competition. That's what you need to keep thinking about. But the way to do that is there are different strategies. Again, I also discuss this in the book, but some of the things you could do right now is you always have to remember to undersell and overperform. So what do I mean by that? Say you're given a task. A lot of people do this mistake where they overcome it to things saying, wow, you want me to build a, a, a calculator? I'm going to build a rocket for you. Then what happens is within three days, they know that they were, you know, just randomly saying things and now they cannot deliver quality work. So instead, what are you going to do is when they say build a calculator and if it's going to take like four days, I'm just giving you a really random example. You would say it's going to take me six days. And then what are you going to do is in four days, build a calculator or three days, build a calculator. Then the next three days, you have to think about what extra thing you could do to make your work stand out from the crowd. What is the Raj stamp you could do? And when once you start thinking that way, everything you do, you'll want to put your stamp on it so that people know, oh, that is something Raj did. Okay, I don't have to worry about it. That's where you have to get to, to stand out from the crowd. So undersell, overperform, and then... I, we already talked a lot about continuous learning, which is really, really important. We talked about it, so I'm not going to get into that. But um, then growing your network, which 
we talked about is so important, especially right now. So there are two strategies off the bat I can give you right now to, in, during COVID, which can help you get you to the next level with LinkedIn. First thing is already look into your current network. For example, I have over 5,000 people in my network, so many different people from different genre, different positions. Say you're, I am looking, I'm randomly saying, say I want to become a CEO of a startup company. I already have 5,000 people in my Rolodex and I can start looking at people who are already CEOs and start connecting with them. Ask them, what do you have to go through being a CEO? What does being a CEO at a startup company actually mean? And then once I get the background, then I start identifying different companies I can be a CEO for and then start talking to someone from the company from my own 5,000 network. So that is called tapping into your own network. That is the strategy you can do right now via LinkedIn. This could be CEO or this could be an entry-level job, but tap into your network. Second thing is called cold messaging using LinkedIn. What that is, is basically you have a search bar on LinkedIn. Say your dream job is getting a job at Google. Literally just type in Google there, and then you're going to get a list of people who works at Google. And then find out what kind of, say you're, uh, uh, you're interested in a data analyst position. See who is already a data analyst in Google. Then what are you going to do is via LinkedIn, message them and say, hey, I saw that you're a data analyst and I'm really uh, interested in that position as well. And I was wondering that they have 15 minutes. Always say 15 minutes because people are more ready to get on a call for 15 minutes than a one hour call. Say, do you have 15 minutes of your time so that I can pick your brain on what, what it takes to be a data analyst? And before putting this message, what are you going to do is you're going to go through their profile and see what they're interested in and what kind of new products have come up in Google. So in your conversation, you're going to say, hey, I saw that you're a data analyst working in X product we just launched. That is super exciting. And I see that you also graduated from Melbourne University like me. Uh, I was just wondering whether you have a 15 minute call to 15 minutes, uh, to, you have 15 minutes of time to get on a call with me. So now you're giving the personal touch and pitching them to get on a call. And then what it, what's gonna happen by doing this cold messaging is you wanna come to know about job positions which are open, which are not even advertised yet. And I, had so many opportunities like that, right? So just to sum it up, so during COVID, what you could do is growing your network, continuous learning, and then uh, tapping into your LinkedIn strategies, then undersell, overperform, and also document everything you do at a company. Say you wanna get the promotion, don't wait till the end of the year during your annual performance review to, to pray to God and see what you can get. Everything is data, <laughs> every time, you do something great, document it, then make your result visible, send that to your boss from on a periodic basis during your one-on-ones, con constantly talk about your achievements. And then when the performance review comes, you literally have a list of things you have already achieved and you don't have to beg for your promotion or the bonus, you have the data to show it. But those are the things you can do right now to stand out. That's amazing list of the things. I really liked the, you know, the cold messaging approach. I think it is, it can give the significant boost 
to not only your confidence but also chances to work in the companies that you want to work with uh you know Braj, it's been fascinating catching up with you and thank you again for you know you know i know it's, it's 11 o'clock in chicago right now and you're still standing there delivering uh with as much enthusiasm as it is eight o'clock in the morning so raj thank you again and we wish you all the best i think i think you've, you've done a phenomenal job just not about you know you know creating a great career for yourself but also through skyrocket your career you are doing a tremendous service to to educate people around how and you know how people can also achieve that kind of success thank you again raj thank you so much for having me i want to first acknowledge uh you and your colleague for doing this on a daily basis because you're providing so much value especially during these unprecedented times when people need support. So first I want to acknowledge you and your colleague for that. And I'm really grateful to be on platforms like this and share my insights to inspire other people as well. So I really appreciate that. And of course, if you want uh, to hear more strategies for your listeners, and if you want to do something meaningful and do that transformation, definitely hit me up. I'm super active on LinkedIn. And of course, uh, I share a lot of strategies about different aspects of your career in my book as well. So do, definitely go check it out at skyrocketyourcareerbook.com as well. So absolutely, we'll put the link as well. Uh, you know, Poonam, Caroline, uh, you know, and also Gangara. But thank you again, everyone. And tomorrow we will be going again to United States, and I think we are going to Minneapolis. Don't ask me where uh, Minneapolis is, but we are speaking to Rob Feinstein. And it is about jobs and how he launched his career during COVID-19 time. So do join us and we will also expect that Caroline Brown will be here tomorrow to brighten up the screen as well. So until we see you tomorrow, stay happy, stay healthy, everyone, and bye for now. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.